What's up, Hyperfast Agents? On this episode of the show, we've got an amazing guest. He was selling 75 deals a year as a solo agent. Then he started a team, a brokerage, which he later went on to sell. He's started the WGR Academy, where he teaches successful agents how to build systems and invest in technology and financial assets that help create residual income. Welcome to the show, Colton Lindsay. Welcome to the show today, Colton. How are you doing? I love my life, man. Thanks for asking. Yeah, I love uh, I love all the books you got behind me. You doing doing a lot of reading? Yeah, man, I love reading. I got freaking books everywhere. Books on my shelf. Books on my desk. Yeah, books are everywhere. <laughs> I was reading this new one too. Karma just was released. Pretty cool book by Sandrew. So I don't know how to say his name. It's so hard. Yeah, man. I love reading books. Awesome. Well, uh, thanks for being on the show today. Before we jump into it, why don't you give folks a little bit of information on who you are and what you're up to? Yeah, man. So I'm Colton Lindsay with the WGR. Um, background is residential real estate sales. Um, you know, I probably hit a peak of 75 deals a year as a single agent and realized that that was not going to create the life I wanted <laughs> uh, working all the time and um, doing just transactions. So along the way, I started investing in real estate. Love that. Uh, made a lot of money in just buying and holding real estate over the last decade. I got in at a good time because, well, I watched the market crash in 07, started buying by 2008 and uh, 2009 and didn't know any different, just kept buying property. Um, did that, launched into um, later on, built a brokerage, built a sales team, and then launch the WGR Academy. So that's my main focus now is where we take um, realtors that are already doing pretty well, but then we help them build more leverage and leadership in their business and actually start to build leverage residual income in their business. So that's my main focus. So your, your main uh, client is realtors that know how to go out and get leads, get sales, do deals, but but maybe they don't know how to recruit, hire, and train and, and build, build. Exactly. My, my best clients usually come to me when they're already making about 200 grand a year and they're just working all the time and unfulfilled. So we teach them uh, leverage, which I believe there's two parts, which is technology asset. And then the other is human asset. And then that's part one. And then how do you build a whole culture and a value system around that and then develop real leadership so you can build, um, an organization where the systems can run through leaders in your organization versus through yourself. Why, why do you think most agents struggle with this? Cause it, if it seems to me that like 10%, 15% of the agents will get to, to that level you described, you know, like maybe a little less, even where they're making two, two fifty, but then they just yeah. kind of stay there. Right. They, they kind of get stuck. They, their capacity, you know, their capacity is probably maxed out. Uh, but they but they don't go out and, and typically hire or 
or train, or if they do, they go out and they hire like buyers agents, right? They don't, they don't go out yeah. and actually hire people that can build systems. Why, why do you think that is? I think it's a couple things. One is um, like me, I didn't grow up rich. I thought if I could make 75 grand a year, I was doing awesome. Now I earn more in a year than my mom made in like 20 years, right? Or 30 maybe even. So they start making 200 grand or whatever, even 150, 250 grand a year. They just, they're not used to making that money. So they're not taught one, how to manage their cash flow. And two is they're not taught tax-free wealth. So they just don't understand how the economic system works. And they end up in investing in liabilities. And we know the liabilities take money out of your pocket. And that's the, I think that's the biggest thing. I think the other part of that is it's a psychological and emotional state management. And so people have um, just these weird belief systems, right? And they think that building an organization is babysitting when in the reality is it's leading. And you just got to develop the leadership skills, which is not much different than sales skills, really, right? It's influencing, it's persuading, it's giving a roadmap, it's having a vision, it's acting with certainty. And unfortunately, though, um, they get stuck. And if you think if you're making quarter million dollars a year, but then you bought the Land Rover, you bought the big house, you put in the pool in the backyard, uh, you started going on those vacations that you never had, and all of a sudden you've spent all your capital there, your money doesn't work hard for you. And then you've got this image to uphold of success, which you weren't used to, and you better go turn some deals in order to keep paying for the lifestyle that everyone thinks that you have, including yourself. So I think, I think that's in a nutshell. That's my perception. I don't know. Maybe you've got a yeah, better perception. So they, so they don't, they don't really have the, the money left over to go out and, and hire, right. hire someone or, uh, or, or build up. You, you also talked about residual income. What are you right? What are you doing there to help to help agents? Like what, so, what, do you, what do you what do you think most agents should do that they don't? Yeah, do? great great question. My my belief system is residual income. Number one starts with how you manage your manage your money. If you can't manage a dollar, you're never going to manage a million bucks. So cash flow management is key. Um, I teach a seven system, like seven account system, and that's kind of like on steroids. But you can use a basic system like profit first. And start by taking your profit out. It's funny when I hear these teams like, oh, I'm investing everything back into the business. I'm like, fuck you. You're not managing your money, bro. Like first expense for your company is take your profits out and you go invest it either by real estate, by crypto, get in the stock market, by life insurance, but get into uncorrelated investments where your money's going to work for you. So that's, that's the first step where I teach people. And then the second is just create tax-free wealth. How many of these guys making that or gals making quarter million dollars. It's easy to make a quarter million dollars a year in real estate now with commissions where they're at and sales prices. But what they're doing is they're spending so much freaking money in taxes. And so the two places they're robbing themselves is they just don't take their profits out to invest, number one. And number two is they just are paying way too much in taxes. What, what do most agents need to do to get, to get their taxes down that they're not thinking of? Oh, it's financial literacy. you got to here's what's so funny is everyone's they got a tax guy well shit who doesn't have a tax guy or a gal but ultimately when you pay taxes you sign the document okay so get some financial literacy a great book you can read is it's boring but it's a great book it's actually on my shelf up here it's called tax-free wealth and tom will writes the author he's a rich dad uh, advisor super boring book but it'll help you understand that's the first step is get literate two is hire a company that's going to work with you not work for you because you've got to encourage your accountant or your cpa or your firm 
to look at different strategies, especially with today. Things are shifting so quickly. I mean, you could use the Augusta rule. That's very simple for corporate rent. You can use depreciation right now if you're buying enough properties to, to, to write that off. So you got to get a good team around you. And I think the other is if you're not doing any of those, who you expose yourself with, proximity is power. And so you've got to get into whether it's a mastermind group, a coaching program, a training program, something, but it, just reading a book is not enough. You need to surround yourself with people that are taking action on it. Hey, hold that thought. Do you want to get a hundred tips for free from my best selling real estate book, the hyper local, hyper fast real estate agent? If you do go to hyperfasttips.com and you can download a hundred of my best tips today. Again, that's hyperfasttips.com. You can download a hundred tips on how to grow your business, get more clients, deliver more value to more people. Go to hyperfasttips.com. Yeah. So you mentioned a couple of things there. Um, the Augusta rule. So that's, you know, renting your home out, right. For mm -hmm. two weeks or less per year. And then it's, uh, tax-free to you, but if your business is renting it, it's, it's an expense to the business. Is that right? I mean, that's a simple one yeah. for those people making 150, 250 grand a year that it equates about $5,000 just in saved money that you're paying to the government. You take that five grand and now go put it into crypto, go put it into the stock market, put it towards, you know, saving up for down payment for your next property. And then I, th I think you mentioned another one is, you know, getting rental properties and, um, cost, cost segregation studies yep. to accelerate the depreciation. It's, you know, a lot in the past, that was something you could only do with like massive uh, buildings, but now it, it pencils out on, you know, a Lots regular, of stuff. Yeah. Like yeah. a regular, regular single family home. It, it right. When I got some of my clients, they're doing three, 400 grand a month in their wholesale business. And, um, they'll just go buy these properties on contract just so they get the cost segregation. Right. And, and they're able to write off all of this um, depreciation on these properties that they're pretty much paying like 10, five, 10 grand for maybe sometimes 20 grand, depending on the deal. And then the seller is just doing it subject to or seller finance. So it's the way they learn it though, is they got around other people that were doing it. And that's, that's my point. Proximity is power. You learn these things by getting and investing into yourself, which is the other the other piece when you look at cash flow management. One is pay yourself first into a financial freedom account, but two is pay yourself first by investing in education. Ten percent or more of every dollar you earn should go back into your education. What um, what what do you think the biggest uh, you know improvements that agents you know at this level, this two hundred two fifty k level, are like? Um, you know, in terms of the business itself, like, is it hiring the assistant inside, you know, inside sales agents? Like what, what do most agents? Probably um, I think, first? I think a lot of them at that probably have a transaction coordinator. I, I believe in today's world with technology, you can get away with a lot with the TC. Um, and then the second is um, probably a virtual assistant you could do in the olden days before all the technology, I think you needed an on the grounds, personal assistant. Um, you still probably need one to an extent, putting your signs up, key boxes. If you're not doing mobile deposits, you know, and you need to go deposit your checks. I mean, so many agents waste time just driving to the credit union or the bank to deposit checks, right? Um, but then the next step to me is 
someone that's going to begin to leverage. So my real first hire is always what I call a junior agent after I get my admin put in place. And a junior agent is someone that's going to mentor and learn. And their first objective is to be setting more appointments for the agent, number one. But number two is so that they can then begin to learn how to build their own referrals and their own network. And then you start to build senior agents after that. Senior agents are those that are going to go turn 20, 30 deals a year in your organization. And you look at them as an asset. That asset will generate seventy-five dollars to $150,000 a year for the business. And this is where leadership steps in, right? Well, what's the, what's the win for them? Why do they want to be a part of the organization? Well, your fucking vision is so big that they're excited about it. They see growth and opportunity with you and they believe in you. And, and your certainty has got to be like, hey, I just... I just set the boats on fire, gang. Let's go take the fucking island. Who's with me? And although you don't know exactly the path, you fucking figure it out. And, and that's where it's got to start is your certainty that your vision can be big enough to hire people. Yeah, I, th- I think that's, that's, that's all critical stuff. I mean, if, if you know, if, if your vision is, you know, at a level eight, well, anyone who's a level eight, nine or 10, like they're going to, they're going to move on. Right. So if if your vision doesn't grow, you're not going to be able to retain people that are going to be those assets that you described. Did you, when you, when you were doing 75 deals a year, I imagine that's, I mean, that's, that's a grind. That's like six, what is that? Six average. Yeah. It's, it's Um, a, it's a lot of work. Yeah. Did you, when you were transitioned out of that, did you, keep any of that like you know by by selling it to the business of someone else so here's what i did yeah great question so i that was with um two assistants so me and two assistants doing that um what i began to do is i started hiring junior agents i went to the world cup in 2014 and i realized that's when i didn't really have a business because my deals were closing but i came home and i didn't have new deals in the pipeline and that was when i was like something's got to shift so I started, I started just trying new things and, you know, everyone's heard of, um, what's that book called? Gary Keller's book, whatever it's called. Um, Million, the millionaire. Yeah. Millionaire real estate agent, everyone. Yeah. And for whatever reason, that book teaches buyer's agents. And I thought that was stupid because the name of the game, in my, my opinion is, is listings and leverage. They got that right. So it's like, why am I teaching these guys to go do a bunch of buyers? Let's teach these guys and gals to go get some sellers where the real money's made. So what I would bring to is I bring them in first is I would, I'd hire two or three junior agents and I teach them to master prospecting. And from there, from prospecting, then I would teach them to master the presentation. And from there, as I developed relationship, I believe in compounding relationships. This is just like compound interest. I believe the same concept is with your human relationships. So then I would find a, a lead, I found a leader that would stick out. And then I started like, okay, listen, now you're going to start going on my appointments. So then I started giving away my book of business to them. And that's how I leveraged myself out to where I think it was 2017, end of 2017 is when I had done my last real estate deal. And from then on, so I just kept following that process. Um, then I did something that I thought was a good idea, but it turned out I didn't even like it. I built a brokerage, built it up to about 50 agents and just realized it's not what I was soaked about, all while building the academy. I think that's the other piece into this too, is you have to find is what stokes you. Why are you here? What are you going to do before you die? And when I was doing 75 deals a year, that's when I was realized I was super unhappy. And I remember going to listing appointments, high, drinking in the middle of the day, taking shots. And I was like, dude, this something's off. Right. And a friend of mine passed away. And that's when I began to really shift 
And I realized, you know, how many people out there think that making more money is the answer to this game called life? And so I kind of trick them. Hey, let's help you make more money. And we definitely fucking deliver on that. Yet I teach them how to be fulfilled, how to really just surrender to this experience and, and how to fucking enjoy every moment that they get before they don't get one. And that's, that's really what my current mission in life is right now is how can I light this fire and folks to just love and to enjoy this moment and to not, the name of the game is not to make the most fucking money. It's how can you do the things you love in your life with the people you love and still have an amazing life and revenue. And we know that life costs money, right? Like for you to go from DC to Florida costs money. How are you going to pay for that? So you still want to do it in a way that you drive revenue, but you're not working hundred hours a week to do it. You know, maybe it's 20 hours, maybe it's 15, maybe it's 30. I don't know. I don't know if you're a high achiever, you tend to still kind of put some hours in just because you're kind of addicted to it. But um, it's like, can you find a way to love every moment of your life and not be a slave to the system? Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's, which is why a lot of the things you're talking about, building out teams, investing, setting up tax-free wealth, that's, that's important, right? That gives you the ability to have, have not just money, but, but time, because otherwise... Like if if you're doing hundred hundred deals a year with no other agents, like, I mean, I'm I'm sorry, I don't care if you're Superman, like you're not gonna. Be able to uh, yeah, dude, there's no way. Like, it's, it's funny. So there's a there's an influencer online that counts all the time. I was doing 100 120 deals a year, and um, it was only him and his agent, or I mean, him and his assistant. And that sounds really cool, but it's not. At the end of the day, it's really not that cool. We're not here to work and grind away. Even the whole idea of hustle and grind I think is moronic it's like well, that language just is like grind that sounds horrible you ever ground like grinding the gears on the old manual transitions dude it's horrible for the gears um so that's why I just want to wake people up not, not to even think they get to do it overnight but to just know that it's not only possible but plausible it's highly probable by making a couple of shifts yeah I I agree with you completely I mean at, at if you're doing that many deals by yourself, you're, you're either <laughs> cheating yourself, you're, you're the people around you or your, or your clients. You're so stealing like some, from someone, someone, someone's, someone can't get this. Usually it's, usually it's yourself. You're stealing from the most. And cause, cause you're just giving everything to everyone else. And number two, you're probably stealing from your family because if you're stealing from yourself, you're not showing up. And that was, that was where I was. That's why I would smoke a joint right before a listing appointment. I, I was just so miserable. And when you're in that state, I guarantee I was not only stealing from myself, I was stealing from my client and I was stealing from my family. You know, I remember coming home and I'd try all these things for my coaches. I like put my phone in my car, my home office, like, so I could be present, but I was still in my head. I was still running the, the numbers in my head. I was upset with that situation or this thing or that motherfucker or whatever and that's what i want to help realtors do is get out of their head get in their heart get into their space of of right here you know so too often we make our goals about numbers too and i'm all about you know i've got big numbers i want to hit 2.25 million this year that's that's a huge target for me right um but that's like my only number goal you know my other goal was 36 ski days with my dad and I did it like that to me is a fucking awesome goal. The other goal is get my 1931 Model A Ford remodeled so I can drive it with my mom and dad. 
I'm in a really cool space. My parents are in their early 60s, so they're still active. And my, my kids are six and nine, so they're like still want to hang out with dad, right? So it's like, I want to spend as much time with them in this cool space in life before I don't get that. That window's gone, and there's the next window. And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just embrace that next window. Hey, hold that thought for a minute. Are you a real estate agent in the DMV area or thinking about becoming a real estate agent in the DMV area? Why not join the highest selling team in the DMV? The Carrie Scholl team is hiring more agents. We have the best training systems, the best culture, and the best environment to get you to the next level, whether that's starting out and getting to six figures or getting from six figures to 250 or to half a million or even beyond. Go to carryshawcareers.com. Again, that's carryshawcareers.com. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. I mean, those, those are really cool goals and, and, and really great perspective. So now you run, do you sell the brokerage now? No, so I sold, I, I, I sold that while well, I'm in the middle of moving, removing myself from that company and we attract a lot of agents. And so I actually took my brand to real brokerage um, and hired a recruiter on my team. So we're just building out our downline on that end to have another monetization system. And um, yeah, that's what we're doing with the, the real estate brokerage side. And what, what about the sales team? Do you still, do you still yeah, have that? Yeah, we still have my sales team. Yeah. yeah, and that's honestly one of the smaller portions of the revenue. It's only about a quarter million dollars a year now um, compared to where it was. And it's just it's not my focus. Now I build out a sales team for my academy, right? We get 15 to 20 leads a day on that. And so just building a new business that I'm excited about and, and driving revenue that direction. And then um, just taking a lot and investing back into real estate and cryptos and, and um, the stock market right now. What are, yeah. What are your other, your other income sources? Um, so my, my biggest uh, besides real estate is, uh, or besides the Academy and real estate is actually owning real estate. That's the biggest. Uh, like cash, the second, cash, cash flowing properties cash flow. or, or, or yeah, flips. Ca- okay. Uh, yeah. I don't really get into the flips. I'll do wholesales. If, the, if like, I want to raise some capital real quick. But I, I, um, I like to buy and hold and create cash flow. That's, that's what I enjoy doing. Um, then um, I've done really well on the cryptos as far as Bitcoin and Ethereum. So, and then the main reason is too, it's more of a hedge more than it is making money. I don't look at it as a making money. I just look, okay, I want to, I'm hedging against the dollar. There's anyone that's got a brain sees the amount of inflation right now and the highway robbery from the Federal Reserve. Um, but I also love gold and silver. That's a great hedge. It's not a cash flow, but it's a hedge. Um, and then um, just creating and bringing on new assets into my company, right? So if I can get a salesperson that generates, like I said, 75 to 100, and even now we're working on, you know, our top one to get where there's 75 to 100 grand a month. So if we can get those assets in place that really streamlines it. And then I can keep falling out to these other investments. And the other one I really have made a lot of money in and that I enjoy is um, wholesale uh, or sorry, um, whole, whole life policy. Cause then I can create my own bank and fund my own projects. So I've got a couple of those policies where then I fund my own real estate deals from. So that's been fun. So you're, you're putting money in the overfunding these whole lives and, yeah. and then you, yeah, you, it makes what, like six, 7%, but then you can, yeah, borrow, you can borrow right. against it. And yeah, exactly. And that's then, where the real yeah. value is, is well, I mean, hundred percent, I'm going to die. And so it's going to pay the estate and create some, some wealth there for my children. 
However, the real value is over funding these and then becoming my own bank. Plus, you have to have a percentage when you really grow your portfolio. I think a lot of people miss this is there's got to be a percentage that's in a secure bucket and a percentage that's in the high risk bucket. And too often people are either all so secure like cash, which is just stupid, or they're over risk in only high risk deals. Right. So, I mean, you look at what happened with the crypto crash recently. I was yeah. irritated, but in this part of the game, right? Like if you're buying to, to don't anticipate a crash, then you're doing it wrong. It's like, Hey, this is for the long haul here. What do, so what you, do you think, think uh, fueled that? You think it was just Elon Musk tweeting about? Tesla? No, I don't, I don't think Elon Musk has enough pushing that. I, I think yeah. number one, it was overvalued. It went pretty fast this last year, but Number two is China had just released that they're banning cryptos as uh, currency spending in China. So you got a million five or 1.5 billion people. How many people were using them? I don't know. But um, I think that was the biggest thing is it created fear and panic. And that's what drives markets is, is greed and panic. And cryptos, we had a lot of greed going into there, right? Over the last, even the last several months. And so sooner or later, something triggers it and then panic sets in. And so that's, that's where you got to, psychological and emotional state management through every investment, real estate, stock market, cryptos. I mean, we're over buying the stock market. It's only a matter of time till that hits a shitter here soon too. So I mean, you're already starting to see it in some of the sections or sectors of the stock market. So um, even look at commodities. I think that's going to be driving high for a while, but we're going to get to the point that that's overvalued and that's, that's going to reverse. I don't think it's immediate, but it will happen. And so this way you could be diversified. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to tell. It seems like almost anything that, you know, is, is denominated in dollars is, is going up in value. And sure it is. Is, is, it, is it because the supply chain's broken? People are excited or, Hell or no, just, man. Or just we're, is, dump, we're dumping like lots of money. You know, I think it's funny. I think it's two things. Well, if you ever read the book and I'm just reading it for the fifth time again right now, The Creature from Jekyll Island. OK, the entire banking system set up to protect the wealthy. And I'm talking like the elite. OK. And what we're seeing right now is a lot of inflation from the printing. Where does this money come from? It comes from just creating it out of thin air. And who gets to pay for it? Well, we do in the form of taxes and the form of the valuation of our dollar. So this, that's one area that it's happening um, right now. But I think the other area is the supply chains are being throttled. Like I've got a lot of friends in the car business, it's like at the ports in California, they got a lot of ships with vehicles sitting there. But why the hell are, why do we have a shortage in trucks? It, it makes no sense. And people say it goes back to the manufacturing of these companies, this or that. No way, man. This shit is manufactured 100%. And because of that, it squeezes money in different sectors. When you have a crisis, that's how the entire, that's the entire banking system works. Crises are a cause for a refinance and a restructure of loan debt. People that, these big banks that then finance or fund countries, they never expect to actually be paid back. But what they do is they restructure the debt at a higher amount borrowed, and then they just keep increasing. I mean, look at the, the, the debt now in the United States. It's bogus, man. Like, we're $28 trillion in debt. 2008, when Obama was in there, before the crash, we had like $10 trillion. In the last 12 months, we printed $8.2 trillion. And that's just our country. That doesn't include the Bank of England, the Chinese Central Bank. You know, we've got these central banks that are just increasing right now it's um what do they call it the monetary uh the mon modern monetization theory all they're doing is what the roman empire did they're shaving the the edges of the silver and keeping yeah. it for themselves they're debasing the currency that's why it's cash is trash right now 
And that's why, like, when you put it into crypto or you put it into real estate, who cares what that dollar amount value is? It's like, how many real estate properties do I own? How many Bitcoin do I own? How many ounces of silver and gold do I own? Right? The most dangerous place, I believe, is actually the stock market next to gold and silver. I mean, or next to, next to cash. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, uh, I, I think people should be diversified and, 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 and get rid of cash. <laughs> like it's not, it's not know. good. No. no way. I mean, look at these idle loans. I got an email the other day because I took the 150 K that they were given out at three and three quarters. Of course I'm going to take that dude. I would be an idiot not to take that and turn that into 10, 12% a year. Right. They're charging me three and three quarters. They just sent out another round to raise it to 500,000. The fuck. Right. <laughs> I think, I think the concern is though, like, I know what I'm going to do with that money and turn it into other money. But then I know there's a lot of realtors that took that. And what did they do? They went and refinanced bad debt. They went and bought, uh, just, I don't know, a razor. They went and bought these things that these liabilities. And that's why when we ask what these people can do, they need to get financial literate. They need to understand how does the economy work? It works through transactions. It works through spending, whether it's credit or cash. If we're getting this much printing out, this much credit out right now, that is not a good sign for our economy. It's a very bad sign. Yeah, I, I agree with you on all fronts. Uh, this has been super valuable. A lot of great financial information, savings, how to build teams. Uh, before we wrap up, I always end with a hyper fast round. If you're ready for some uh, rapid fire questions and answers. That's rapid fire, bro. All right. What's your biggest piece of advice to a new real estate agent? Uh, I think develop the belief in yourself. 80% of this business is psychological, emotional state management. It's not the right script. It's not the right coach or this or that. It's like fucking believe you can do it and go do it and then correct and continue. All right. What's the most common mistake you see successful real estate agents make? Ooh, spending money poorly. <clears throat> Right. That's, I would say that's the most common mistake is buying liabilities. All right. Uh, biggest challenge you've ever had in business and how did you overcome it? Uh, shoot, man, I've had a handful of those. Um, I think the biggest challenge was is a company that I was at had sold, like I had like 13 deals I had just closed or, and um, they had just sold the company and I didn't want to go to the new company. And so I, I, I didn't handle it very eloquently pretty much told me to go fuck themselves and went another way. Um, anyway, so then all of a sudden I didn't get paid on 13 deals, which at the time in my career, 13 deals not getting paid on was a big chunk of cash flow for me. Um, what happened then is I fell off my prospecting at the time, trying to chase this money. And so then I had a good friend of mine just say, hey, listen, dude, what are you doing? Just settle the deal with them with your litigation and get back to prospecting. You're losing opportunity. So that was my biggest challenge is I got derailed on opportunity return on investment as opposed to what I thought was already mine. All right. What, uh, what, would, what would we find you doing when you're not working on your business? What do you do for fun? If it's winter, you'll definitely find me at Snow Basin skiing. If it's summer, you'll find me up at Kazi on the paddleboards hanging out. Nice. Nice. Uh, I skied Snow Basin like four or five years ago. It was a blast. Oh, nice. Uh, last question. What's something you're excited about today that wasn't even on your radar screen a year ago? Oh, I'm super excited about real brokerage. That wasn't even like a thing for me then. 
Um, and just seeing, I think, I don't know, there may be 115 days and I've already got 150, 160 people in my network. And to see that money flowing in is like, fuck, that's cool, man. I'm really stoked about that. Awesome. Well, Colton, thank you for being on the show. Before we sign off, if people want to connect with you or learn more about what you're doing, how should they do that? Yeah, absolute best way is connect with me on Instagram, the WGR, T-H-E-W-G-R. And just hit follow, shoot me a DM, say, hey, I saw you on that uh, Hyperfast Agent podcast. I know, you know, where you connected with me and let's connect. Awesome. Well, thank you for being on the show, everyone who uh, is listening or watching on YouTube. Thank you for tuning in. Remember to share this with someone that you could, you think could benefit from it. And we'll see you next time. Awesome, man. Thanks for having me. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Hyperfat Show. Subscribe to us if you want to make sure you get the latest and greatest Hyperfat Shows. And remember, we love reviews. Reviews help us bring better and better guests, improve our shows, and give us the good, the bad, and the ugly. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we will see you next time.